Good morning, and welcome to the Redeemer's Refuge radio broadcast, brought to you by Redeemer Lutheran Church, One Deer Walk Lane in Charleston, a member congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Redeemer Lutheran Church, help, hope, and home in the body of Christ. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46.1, this speaks to the hope God gives us amid the struggles of life. When life storms blow around us, our Redeemer, Jesus, gives refuge in the mighty fortress of our God. We pray this broadcast will remind you of that beautiful truth today. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord our King, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Merciful God, your Son came to save us and bore our sins on the cross. May we trust in your mercy and know your love, rejoicing in the righteousness that is ours through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our reading for this 15th Sunday in Pentecost is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The section in Matthew's Gospel just before our reading is what is called the Beatitudes, where Jesus describes the life that he has given to his people. Blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be satisfied. Blessed are those who make peace. They will be called sons of God. And then, just two verses before our reading, Jesus says, Blessed are you. Really, and I think significantly, the grammar is, Blessed are you all. Or maybe more familiarly, Blessed are y'all. He says this pointedly to his disciples who were sitting among the crowd listening to him preach. He singles them out. Now, he is saying it pointedly to his disciples of today. He singled out his disciples then. He has singled out you and me today. Even more, he is saying to you and me today in our text, you and you alone in this world are salt and light. We are living in a world and culture that is in a constant state of flux. It is fickle and feckless. The numbers seem to show the church in decline, and while some 73% of Americans still identify themselves as Christian, a much smaller number, in fact, practice their faith. In fact, as measured by regular church attendance, it used to mean, well, regular church attendance, just about every Sunday. Now, in some of the noteworthy surveys, one is considered regular if he shows up once a month. So really, only about a quarter of those who claim to be Christian regularly participate in the body of Christ. 
So our epistle lesson comes to mind from the book of Hebrews. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Beloved, there is no way around it. We are living in a post-Christian culture. Things are changing whether we like it or not. It is exceedingly rare, if at all, that someone who is unchurched or dechurched wakes up and says suddenly, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to church today. And survey after survey after survey tells us they don't come because of special programs or because of the style of music or the worship setting. Most studies show that a warm and welcoming environment and experience and authentic preaching and teaching regularly top the list for what folks want in and from church. In fact, for many of those who identify as Christians but aren't involved in the body of Christ, the studies show that they won't get involved and regularly attend until one of two things happen. One, something major. A major life event changes them. You know, like a birth, a death, marriage, something that happens in their family that is a major incident. The second thing the studies show us is a relationship with someone like you. A relationship with someone who is a regular attender in God's house, hearing from God's word, and that person coming alongside of them and helping them to see the need to be hearing God's word in God's house. People come because their thirst has been stirred. Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Beloved, all believers who possess what the Beatitudes bestow, by that very bestowal are made the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Jesus is not trying to cajole, sweet talk, or wheedle us into working with each other in his kingdom. He has blessed us that we would be a blessing to others as we, together, do the work of his kingdom, as we do his mission and ministry, his mission to seek and to save the lost. You see, salt creates thirst. For instance, there's a particular type of chip that I really like. And I confess, I've kind of nicknamed them crack chips because you just can't eat just one. They are salty, which creates a thirst for more. And so here Jesus is saying that by our way of life, we as his disciples are to be as useful as salt is. So the question becomes, when people look at our lives here, both as individuals and as his family at Redeemer, do they thirst more for the living Jesus? To be the salt that Jesus calls us to be, we are called to live in this world for him and not just put in time. We are called to bring the flavor of the gospel for people in the world, not wait on our campus expecting the world to come to us. Now, Jesus, being the perfect teacher, 
and in case any of his disciples are particularly obtuse about the salt metaphor, Jesus uses another picture to make the point. He says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Now, light is a common symbol for what is beneficial to people. Jesus, the light of the world, called on his disciples, he has called on y'all, to fulfill that function for the world. And St. Augustine reminds us that by the world, it must be understood that it is not the heavens and the earth, but the humans who are in the world. And so, we cannot merely stand around and merely curse the darkness and so merely hide our light. Jesus says we are the light. We are light in a very dark world. Now, I don't care where you lie on the continuum of our current political spectrum. Jesus has not called a particular political ideology or philosophy or the current and corrupt zeitgeist or the government to be the light. Jesus says, y'all are the light. The church, you and I, we are called to bring light to the dark places we encounter. So the question arises, what does this church, Redeemer, and the American church look like in, say, 16 years, in 2035? In 2035, two-thirds of most American churches will be buried and in the ground, according to the life expectancy actuarial tables. In fact, life expectancy for Kanawha County is 74 years old. If that holds, a little over one-half of our congregation will be gone by 2035. Imagine what that looks like. Half of our members no longer here. That is what we are looking at in 16 years unless something changes, unless something different happens. So, if a worldwide catastrophe happened and the rest of the Christians in the entire world ceased to exist and Redeemer Lutheran Church was the only one remaining in the world, is what we are doing as a congregation a witness to the world that this is what Christianity is? Are we training our children and grandchildren in the faith and to share the faith with the entire world if no other Christians existed? Are we using the spiritual gifts and natural talents we've been given to share the gospel with others who so desperately need it? And so, we can't help then but ask, why does this church exist? Now, from the gospel, we hear Jesus call us a city on a hill, light on a stand. And then he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, Jesus urged his disciples to do good works for the people of this world to see and more. What Jesus calls good works here is the exercise, expression, and confession of the teaching about Christ and faith. Shining is the real job of believing or teaching, by which we also help others to believe. Beloved, your story, within Christ's story, is important. One-third 
of all U.S. adults say they have made a big change in their life because of a conversation about faith. A majority of practicing Christians, 61%, non-practicing Christians, 55%, choose, quote, a friend as the person they most want to talk with about faith. That's right. They don't want you to send them to me, your pastor. They want to talk to you. And many years ago, there was a pastor in Glasgow, Scotland, named George MacLeod. He chanced to look up at the stained glass windows over the chancel of the sanctuary. The phrase, glory to God in the highest, was carved in the glass. But as he looked, he noticed that a pane of glass was broken and missing. The pane on which the letter E in the word highest was carved. Suddenly he found himself seeing the words that were now there. Glory to God in the high street. And high street was in fact a nearby avenue. It struck McLeod that the main way to glorify God is to glorify him in the high street. We, beloved, you and I truly glorify God when we are salt and light where we live, work, and play. And here is the really good news that comes as we share the faith where we live, work, and play. We don't do it alone. Jesus reminds us of his promise that I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose Son has opened for us a new and living way into your presence, give us pure hearts and steadfast wills to tell of your salvation every day. Amen. Thank you for giving us a brief moment of your day. Our prayer and hope is that the message of the good news of Jesus Christ will have a positive impact for you as we at Redeemer Lutheran Church endeavor to be help, hope, and home in the body of Christ for all whom we meet. We invite you to come and receive the Lord's blessing through word and sacrament as we gather on Sunday mornings at 1045 for our worship service. We're located at 1 Deer Walk Lane, just off the Paula Road exit on Corridor G. You can find us on the web at RedeemerWV.org and on Facebook at Redeemer Lutheran Church WV. Thank you, and may God bless your day.